Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean Yeah, I sent you that uh, corn reference uh, offline So that nobody that is listening to us now understands what we're talking about But I'm going to clue them in so that they figure it out as I go along talking Which is, uh, I said a variation of the are you ready and i mentioned imagine me saying this but like jonathan davis's voice and then i already knew that like i'm probably one of two people in our friend group that knows who jonathan davis is so i had to put the guy from corn mm-hmm. so that you would yeah. know who i was referencing and you of course very aptly uh thanked me for that because i was correct in thinking you would have no fucking idea who jonathan davis is no no clue uh, but now that you've like specified that and each time i hear jonathan davis i'm like why didn't i know that i know that jonathan davis is the guy from corn yeah it was like the first initial like i'm not gonna know it out of nowhere thing mm-hmm. probably but yeah. now if you like mention it in like a month i'll be like oh yeah guy from corn right I'm- the other thing is, I wasn't saying the actual line, so had I said, imagine me saying this in Jonathan Davis's voice, and then I just said, I am ready, you know, that's no, it's not significant. What I would have done asking- was if you put in, like, parentheses, um, Triple H's voice, and, uh, are you ready? Well, I gotta say, I love that's that you more brought Vince, up Triple H. I think. It was very Vince. Uh, but you brought up Triple H, which ties it into the wrestling, because the whole reason I had that in my head is for some reason I was today, like all day, mixing the intro from that song going right into the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme. Like when he goes, what? are you ready? I don't know why. It's just been working for me all day. And now I, I got to do it. I might have to edit it. Man, whatever just that helps part. get you through the day. Whatever helps get you through the day. Wait, are we live right now? Yeah, we're going, man. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to double check. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm also, uh, you got the brain fog. See, it's one of those things, too, where like, yeah. sometimes I just don't know where we're just talking and where the show starts. Because, guys, <laughs> that's the whole fucking point. Yeah. I like sometimes that it throws... I'll cut, like, halfway through a sentence. Yeah, it throws both of us off, too, because we never really know. I don't know when you're going to pick it. Yeah, yeah. I went What'd to you school start to with say? a kid named Derek Pickett. Derek Pickett. I'm just remembering, man. That of course that, that's that got to be a terrible name. Yeah, Derek Pickett. I probably shouldn't knows. have said his. <clears throat> probably shouldn't have said his name on the show, but thankfully three people listened to us, so we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, go find Derek on Threads. I don't. Oh, yeah, go find him on Threads. I don't know if he has social media. I'm pretty sure if he does, we're not friends. Which is a little weird because I did. I never made fun of him. You're over here like referencing the dude on a podcast, and you're not even like connected on social media. That's amazing. Well, uh, but I remember. Yo, get uh, fucked, Derek. Well, so Derek was old school. I went to Derek from like kindergarten on, and uh, he was also in the percussion section with me. And we were a very small crew. There's only three of us, so we got that forever. Crushing nice. for life, dog. Played snare drum. What? That's what's up. I like how you did like the little uh, ET finger touching thing to like indicate that you guys are connected for life. <laughs> That's probably where like ET got it. Uh-huh. Can you imagine? He wa- probably watched like one episode of something and just realized, hey, if you touch <clears throat> fingers, you're always home. I like that. When you touch fingers, you're always home. This is going to be the world's, like, um, shortest episode, because I'm just going to cut it there. That's... <laughs> <laughs> People are going to get mad confused when they look at the thing, and it's only, like, three minutes long. Actually, what the four minutes and 20 seconds long, but half of it's a theme song. Perfect time to cut it right there. Yeah, dude, I've been sick for, like, a month. This is terrible. I know, man. And it's not COVID, you say. No. Well, I whatever I had after getting back from Vegas, that went away. And then I I felt relief for about four days before I get absolutely smoked with whatever I have now. Damn, man. I'm definitely sorry, but I'm going to be very liberal with this mute button. 
yeah, you're going to be coughing a lot. Uh, listeners are going to hear a lot of Kyle this episode, so you're very welcome. Yeah. Um, you're going to hear lots gonna... of crunching of cough drops. You're welcome uh-huh. for all you weirdos, all four of you weirdos that like ASMR. I can't get into ASMR, man. I don't know anybody that can. Like, it I is... know a couple people. It's The thing I've noticed, it's a lot bigger with the younger generation. But, like, why? I bet I don't know. I can't tell you. But based on no scientific research or evidence, I think that it's a cultural thing. It's like they graduated straight from eating buttholes to listening to people (laughs) munching on Jolly Ranchers. There, I got to say we relate. (laughs) Me and the youngins. Well, I found the crossover. I found... The the Venn diagram of Kyle to ASMR listeners. Mm-hmm. So you do <laughs> very very specific crossover point. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just never got ASMR really at all. Um, it's weird. Uh, I watch, of course, I've talked about uh, a couple of woodworking YouTube channels, and all of them like when they do the chiseling, they're like sweet sweet ASMR noises, and I'm like. I don't get it, and I'm wearing my noise-canceling headphones that are of a fairly nice quality, and I just... It's like when they're sitting there chiseling the wood, but you don't yeah. even really hear the tink-tink, you just hear... Yeah, it's just that scraping. I don't know. Fuck that, man. Not about that. I'm a grumpy Magoo. Yeah, I'm it's okay. about Probably that stuff. Mostly because you're sick, and then I'm, I'm talking about the youngins. Which is set to infuriate any person of a any and everybody. Yeah, like, I think even even youngins hate other youngins, right? I, absolutely. As soon as the youngins hear other slang being tossed around, like I don't know what generation like on fleek was, but that's mm-hmm. definitely past. And actually, I think that was Brooke's generation, Brooke from work, who. Uh, just said she was born in 2000 today, and I felt so goddamn old. Oh, yeah. I saw but, that meme. I, I felt that one. Man. Um, yeah. I think I that, if somebody uh, says fleek around her, she just recoils. Well, yeah. Who says fleek anymore? I don't know. I, I don't know. Who said fleek then? I didn't. I don't know. What was the social media platform of the time? It wasn't TikTok. Now all I hear people talking about is like, yeah, I saw this recipe on TikTok or blah, blah, blah. It's taken everything, dude. If you crazy doctor. Not only TikTok, but all of them. And now like everything that I like and follow has to do the same or else whatever platform they're on, their algorithm gets killed. And it's just like, I'm so glad I don't have to do that shit. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Like, uh, they have to game the the short feed one minute long algorithms on YouTube. Every channel I follow has to put those up now too. They have to cut up their content to do that. It's crazy. I I will say it like I'm just going to embrace what I like and really not fall into the other stuff. Like Mitch is yeah. really really heavy into TikTok. Actually, like mm-hmm. everybody over there just sits there and scrolls TikTok all day. Yeah. Folks, I will not open your TikTok videos that you send in any chat. Period. <laughs> it's not happening. If you send Basically, a video, protest. if you s- send something that isn't an article that I can read, but is another stupid video, I'm not clicking on it. I don't care. There's a reason why I don't have these apps. Man, I am grumpy. Damn. It's okay, buddy. It's it's the sickness in you coming out in your rage and hostility. It's just like the the <coughs> nice cover that I have over that I'm usually outward <laughs> projecting is off. And now I'm like, leave me alone. Stop. I think that happens to all of us, especially like men when we're sick. Have you ever heard that like men are bigger whiners when they're yeah. sick? Or I'm things an, of I'm that s- nature? I'm an insufferable baby. Sure, sure. Like, I, I cried all day too. about my lungs yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing to cry about, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to diagnose you over the air. You're having trouble breathing? Uh, yeah. Actually, Is no. It, Every time no. I breathe, I cough. I think I got okay, strap. so yeah. Uh, 
Have, have you had any allergies or sinus issues as of late? Uh, absolute allergy issues. Okay. It could all be related to that. Uh, I usually get, when I had allergy issues, I'd get the drainage and the seepage. And all that stuff is, uh, it's it's hell on your throat, dog, and it will run a run amuck, and oh, uh, it will leave you in a bad spot. Um, oh, that's absolutely so it, what happened. That's what's going it, on, for sure. Yeah, it could definitely have been that, because, I mean, you have no fever, you're not really, like, pukey, right? I have no idea. I don't know if I have a fever. What, do you think I mean, I'm going to go take my temperature? I'm just going to bitch about it. being sick. There we go. That's, that's the man thing to do. Yeah. And then... The craziest thing I ever saw was uh, a lady was babysitting us while my mom was out of town at a conference. And her husband was like this fucking good old boy, just giant of a man, like farm, like born good corn old fed. Boy. Really, just like when you thought of a fucking country boy as this Didn't guy. Didn't mean any harm. I remember he was sick one day when we came home and he had literally like... All he could do was grab an entire bottle of NyQuil. He drank the whole fucking thing and nice. just was like passed out on the couch all fucked up on NyQuil. Man after my own heart. I it's got craziness. a pocket full of NyQuil right now. <laughs> Honestly, it is brutally like repressibly, suppressively. One of those. Oppressively? Oppressively, yes. The third option that I didn't even think the of. The third hidden notice. option that you didn't even know. Yeah, option C that I didn't realize <laughs> was an option that I should have searched for before saying those other ones. Uh, it is oppressively hot and humid out, so it's just yeah. not helping anything. But anyways, folks, this isn't the Sean bitch hour. It's not. I was all. trying to think of other things to talk about. Uh, oh, I did Dude, have I had a another sweetest. What's that? You're a prorated golfer? Oh, no, I'm not prorated. I got oh. prorated. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> that means that, like, I couldn't finish my round, so they gave me a credit for half off at my next one. They prorated oh. me for the game. <laughs> Dude, I was oh. so hyped for you today. I am so I'm f- no longer hyped for you. <laughs> you Fuck should. off. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that was, like, a pretty common service term that everybody would be familiar with. Yeah, but this is also like uh, I a did sport, say golf, but and there's pro-rated people. Yeah, so like also, I read that like, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" I can't wait to talk to him about that on the air. Here's the thing: I love you so much that you thought that in my limited time playing golf that I've achieved a pro-rated level. You believe in me so goddamn much, Sean. And that's Happy why Gilmore did it. I love you. He did do it. I guess yeah. <laughs> it's a documentary. <laughs> Yeah, if Happy can do it, so can Kyle. Uh, man, it was, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, that's twice that I had thoughts about you recently. But I did, I really did Excuse have a me? dream about us the other day. <laughs> well, uh, the the blind into Stone Cold Steve Austin thing, I was like, oh, that'll be funny. I need to tell Sean that. But then as I, I told you earlier this week, I, I did have a dream about us uh, oh, earlier. Yeah, you did. Where you and I... We're starring in a direct sequel to Army of Darkness with Bruce Campbell. Um, and we were it's arm unfor- attachments. I don't know what. We were actually in the movie. I do remember that vagueness. The The bad part is it's like one of those like dream haze things where like I know what the dream was about. And the other part, I know oh, that yeah. like it was good, but I don't remember no anything about yeah. it. And that sucks. But you well, and you I know were those are in the best dreams, sequel. dude. For sure, man. For sure. I love those so much more than any dream where I can't walk. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, those are my yes. least favorites. Is there, a, is there an option C here that's hidden? Because uh, that one sounds awful. No, do you not have dreams where you have difficulty walking? No. Honestly, no. I very rarely dream. Really? I, yeah. I actually, I do also, I hardly ever dream now. And they're not vivid anymore, and I think a large part of that is because I don't drink anymore. I was like, just thinking that myself. Cutting booze out, like, dude, I had the craziest dreams on booze, and I don't have that at all anymore. But that makes me wonder, too, like, is all of that great art from back in the day because everybody was blitzed out of their mind on wine yes. and having, like, the craziest yes. dreams? Everybody ah. was on drugs, man. Like, I, everybody as was. you were saying that... Was thinking, trying to think back to like the last time I had a lot of dreams, and it mm-hmm. was when I was drinking a lot. And yep. uh, yep. I mean, you only sleep like 
four and a half hours a night, but the entire time is just like intense dreams. And you're not rested when you wake up. No, nope. what the the not walking ones? They weren't really nightmares, but they weren't like good dreams. Like I think that was probably <laughs> every now and again you too. had a a dope wheelchair. <laughs> It wasn't even that – so it wasn't that, like, my legs didn't work. The ones that I remember the most is that, like, I would be walking outside in a city, and it would be so windy, like, I'd be walking almost leaned over and not making any progress. I remember that, that one a so lot. so pointless, man. Yeah. But, man, that was – and, like, it would be, like, two, three hours of me just, like, fighting in the dream, like, walking. And then, like, I wake up and, like, my legs are tangled in the blankets. <laughs> You know what actually the worst dreams are? The dreams where something amazing happens to you. Absolutely incredible, dude. And you wake up so, so hype. And 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 the realization that was it was all a dream. That's the worst part. It's like sometimes they feel so real that when you wake up, it takes a second for real life to actually like <clears throat> oh wait no i have uh, had dreams i don't have a diablo and so, what I, w- I was saying a diablo Lambo? lamborghini yeah in the yeah, driveway yeah. you know like nice uh, i like that reference um dude i have had dreams where i woke up and searched through all of the pockets of all of my pants and shorts in the room in the hamper looking for the million dollar lottery ticket that i had just mm-hmm. scratched and won that you knew you had over and over again, dude. Wow. I would search and search and search, and I'm like, I swear, I just had it. Like it in my head was so real. It sucks, man. But I unfortunately, so I'm much. a poor boy. Ah, uh, I'm a poor black he's boy. He's just a poor boy. <laughs> I went queen. You went the jerk. I love it because yeah. Thanks for referencing. Had- Thanks for like completing that reference because I the wouldn't leave you out to dry like, like a that, good dog. second yeah. was super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't leave you out to dry on that one, buddy. Yeah, that's a movie, folks. It's the jerk. Go back, go, Dave Michaels. Go watch our episode. It was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. But it also was a good time. What's that? I, I thought I had seen this movie. I referenced yeah. it last time. I have you not did. seen this movie. That's a very common thing with Jackie Chan movies. Um, the one downfall of them is that they are so good and the fight scenes are so amazing that you kind of blend them all together because. I did the same thing with this movie. I have seen it, but I com- I thought parts of it were, I thought there were parts in this movie that weren't in it. They were in a completely different one. I was thinking of Police Story. I was thinking of parts of Police Story. Mm, okay. I was absolutely, when you mentioned it last week, thinking also of parts of Police Story. And then as this movie was going along, I'm like, all of those things that I thought were going to happen are absolutely not <laughs> going to happen in, in this movie. But some wild things are still going to happen. This, okay. Rumble in the Bronx. I've never seen this movie. It turns out. I can say definitively I've never seen this movie. Mm -hmm. And this is such an interesting movie in terms of pacing. Yeah. It's an hour and a half long, which I immediately texted you about. Mm -hmm. I was over the moon when I got home today and I put on this movie. And I saw that that it had a 93 minute long runtime, and like Beautiful seven of those it. minutes are yeah. credits. <laughs> they are certainly padding because, by God, do they pad at the end too? But we will get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. This, you know what this movie really had me thinking in terms of pacing. What it was like, a made-for-TV movie, for sure. And, and I, I don't that mean sure. that as a slight. Like I enjoyed this movie i'll get more into that later in the movie but half an hour into this movie i'm like oh well this first half hour was a little lackluster and now we're starting to see a little bit of a twist here interesting and then by the hour mark i'm like oh okay so this is where it's going and then 24 minutes later it's over yeah (laughs) it's Wait, what was I going to say? It's Jackie Chan, which is great. I get exactly what you're saying in the made-for-TV quality. I think a lot of that is in the just the way that it's filmed and the presentation. Yeah. Um, I, of course, have never heard of this director and these producers uh, before in my life. 
because surprise, uh, I'm not familiar with uh, Stanley Tong. Is I anybody? Know. I mean, he's done. He did first strike too, which uh, is that a Jean? That's Van another Damme? Jackie. No, that's Jackie Sta- uh, Jackie Chan as well. He's done a lot of oh, Jackie okay. Chan. Okay. Um, of course, which is fine. He gets the style. Um, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely has that lower budget vibe. But it's also it's it's a foreign movie set in another foreign place with like limited budget. And it's also I love it for this. It adds to the quality and the charm. But literally, fucking every dialogue line is eighty yard and re recorded. <laughs> Dude, it I couldn't figure out if I enjoyed it or if it was annoying me, but it stood out the entire time. I laughed out loud to myself when in one of the very first scenes, so the first scene is Jackie Chan, uh what's his name, Quang? Um I mean, we'll just call him Jackie Chan. Kyung, okay, so yeah. Ja- yeah, yeah, Kyung. Um Jackie Chan shows up his Yeah, it's so much easier. Like <laughs> Yeah, Jackie Chan shows up, because we all know it's Jackie Chan, right? Shows up, he's in the car with his uncle, shows up to New York City, he just came from China, and uh, they're talking Cantonese to each other, and his uncle goes, how's your how's your English? Let's use it, it makes you better. So they start <laughs> speaking English, but they're absolutely not speaking English, it's all dubbed over, yeah. so it's just like this really weird... And it's absolutely Jackie Chan talking and, you know. Doing his English lines because he could do them again later on ADR. And I think that's a big reason is that they could just do the line and get the gist of it. Because they're, they're they're they know they were going to re-record this whole movie. The entire movie. Even, yeah. even the English actors are all re-recorded over their spots. And it's very noticeable for every, every, mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. scene and character. So it's like... I don't know if I I think I liked it because mm-hmm. there was nothing that stood out because everything stood out. Yeah, right. And like I said, I kind of feel it's part of the charm of it and the fact that it's they like made no attempt to really line up the lines. They just had them and gave it their best shot at all. And like the only one that matches up is Jackie Chan because like it's him re-recording his lines and he knows what he's saying. But but even then he doesn't even I he doesn't even say it in time with this character half of yeah, the time. Exactly. And so it did have me thinking, wait, is my feed a little screwed up? Is my audio oh. lagging a little bit? But then I realized it wasn't. And again, I haven't seen a Jackie Chan movie in a very long time. Is this a staple of his movies doing something like this? Because a lot so, of these that's cool. Yeah. A lot of the earlier ones, once, you know. Uh, Jackie Chan became bigger in America and he started doing bigger movies with like uh, like Shanghai Nights, Rush Hour especially, like they were doing on set recording there. And that's why they have all those bloopers of him delivering the lines in Rush Hour, whereas the bloopers for this movie are just all the times Jackie Chan got hurt doing stunts and they're silent because they weren't really recording audio. So. Yeah. Which again, you don't need to because you're there to get the stunts and you're you're just trying to... Like we we talk about this a lot with uh, every action movie we we end up discussing. We we did it especially with Commando. Is that like the the story in Commando is the absolute barest of bare bones because we don't give a shit about the story of Commando. Bro, I don't see... even remember what the fuck happens as a story in that movie. In oh, Commando. His, his daughter his daughter gets kidnapped. Yeah, by we, who? By I had bad guys for some reason of yeah. some sort. That's <laughs> what we know. Uh, similar things with like a Jackie Chan Kung Fu movie. Usually he's a good, kinded, but goofy person, which is amazing. Jackie Chan has fantastic comedic timing, especially in like the physical sense. Like he gets physical comedy and like a Buster Keaton-esque way, like a master at it. And, I, uh, I think there was even more comedy, like even further in that for eagle-eyed watchers. Another thing that I mentioned to you is one of the, one of the early scenes is him giving uh, the little handicapped boy a game gear. Uh-huh. And the game gear doesn't even have a game in it. And, the ki- like, it's visibly not loaded with a game. 
Anybody who's seen one knows yeah. the kid's not actually playing something. And I laughed every time I saw it. It was mm-hmm. hilarious. I love when he gives him the game because, again, it's one of those fantastic ADR conversations where, like, they would not, A, talk like this and, B, uh, be able to hear each other because, like, he's Jackie Chan's outside the school bus and, like, reaching up and handing him the game. And he's like, here you go. And he's like, oh, wow, for me, thanks. And then Jackie Chan goes, yeah, don't play it in class. And he goes, okay, thanks. And the bus drives off. <laughs> and then you have this this scene that absolutely foreshadows a lot coming on. That is like, yeah, he doesn't have anything. He's only got a sister that, well, doesn't like him. <laughs> oh, man. Right. And that's another beautiful part about the movie is that it's it's written. We I think we talked about this. Uh, I don't know if we've done it on the show, but like. I know we have at some point, like the differences in storytelling between cultures. Like I'm a huge fan of JRPGs as I know you are, especially classic ones, but those, the way that they tell a story and the type of story that like a Japanese storyteller generally tells is different than what we are. Like the, the character arcs, the motivations, the, all of those, like they're, they're just different culturally. And again, uh, this being a Chinese written film is the way that they deliver the dialogue is often funny because it's it's not it sounds right but it's not always like in the way that we would uh, phrase those things. Yeah, and I I enjoy things like that. It it gives it a, like I said a a charm a quality that I've always appreciated. The cultural charm. Yes, that I can Love appropriate. It. Yes, yes. Watch this again. Carry around a Game Gear. <laughs> Hand it to a kid on a bus. Maybe don't. No, my sister don't gave me my new cushion. <laughs> my new cushion. My new cushion. So, okay. So, action movie. Action movies that we talk about. Hmm. This is a really this is a really tough one because up until about 45 minutes into this movie, I was like, man, this plot sucks. Yeah, it does. Real bad. It really does. And it, it I mean, and then it's even just even from there yeah. on, it just went from this plot sucks to, <laughs> wow, this plot is kind of bad. It's like, it, it becomes so absurd that, again, it's, huh, you, you have to really suspend your disbelief, especially <laughs> at the end of the movie. When the cops are like... With a hoverboat? Hey, here you go. We've duct taped this boat right back together. You drive. Dude, I looked away and looked back at the TV, and the and the hoverboat was going again. I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? And uh-huh. I get that the last couple of movies that we've watched, like there was some kind of big parts, like uh, Brokeback Mountain, you know, with the tire eye, you know, him dying, right? Spoilers. Mm-hmm. And then last movie, there's some scene, I don't know, that I missed. But, man, I don't feel like I missed anything in this movie. And I was like, when did that hover bo- hovercraft get patched back together? They don't even, like, show it happening. They just say, all right, we got it back. You're going to drive it. And then they, it takes off, and it just has giant pieces of duct tape, like, where he cut it with his sword. That was a badass uh, scene, by the okay. way. Okay. So what, instead of patching that back together, he yeah. should have just rode the Ferrari with the gigantic samurai jagged sword hanging out the doors to wherever they just had to go, to the golf course. They didn't need to ride the slow-ass hovercraft Ferrari with a goddamn Mad Max-style sword coming out the side. Just be lobbing off body parts on the way to the golf course. <laughs> that shit was uh insane uh let's get let's walk it way far back though yeah so let's jackie get chan to business jackie chan has j- just gotten off the boat from china to see his uncle get married to yes. his dream girl uh a very i didn't funny i didn't see this coming very funny cultural scene neither did jackie chan who when he goes to his uncle's supermarket thinks he's met his new aunt-in-law and then yeah. surprise, surprise, uh, his uncle introduces him to his real fiance, who is a largest black lady. and Who's way younger than uh-huh. 
well, his uncle, and possibly younger than Jackie Chan, even in this movie. This is 1995, so imagine that, folks. And then this largest black woman, younger than him, marrying his probably 25, 30-year-old, year older uncle. And then they, they give the kiss, and it's very cute. I do, I love their whole little relationship. It's very, very pure, very sweet. She's very I supportive. Also didn't, I also didn't buy it until the wedding scene. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, they're married. Got it. <laughs> I, I really bought him in the honeymoon when she comes in teasing him and they all think they think Jackie Chan's banging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, when he's wearing his onesie, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that onesie. I want that bad boy. Dude, he was moose knuckling that entire scene. Real hardcore when he does Real the handstand. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> you see Jean-Claude the full Van twig and berries. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme got nothing on while Jackie Chan's showing off in that gray onesie, baby. Dude, I got to screenshot that and shoot that to Phil. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was he's, a, uh, he's back in the wrong guy. He, but Jackie Chan is, uh, again, great com- comedic setups here. The, uh, the uncle owns a supermarket who is also conveniently just selling his business the day before he gets married. Cause for a lot of money. In 1995, I guess in so. the Bronx, yeah, four hundred thousand dollars. It's, but uh, actually, that I, was a massive store. I imagine that's what I'm he saying. could have gotten way more. Yeah, that and was it was huge. a grocery store in New York City, like, which had its own parking lot. Yeah, dude. Never I mind. Think, that's what I'm he saying. He got was, fucking ripped. It was wild. Uh, but yeah, he's got the 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 one way glass mirror. That's like, hold on, that place was clearly made out of paper mache. Dude, he may have got he may have overpriced this place. Definitely <laughs> some building code violations. And here's the, <laughs> here's there's a strip joint like in the building too. Did she buy the strip joint or just the supermarket? I imagine she bought the entire place because mm-hmm. she live she has a residence in the building. She lives up there. And did the poor strippers lose their place of business too? Uh at the end of the movie when it gets torn apart, spoilers. I wonder. Uh the sign is still there. Oh, it is? Okay. It's still there because that's the first time I noticed that there was a strip joint there. <laughs> girls, like, that's girls, weird. girls. <laughs> yeah, all right. So 90s. <laughs> that was great. Um, I do love, the, like I said, they've got the one-way mirror and they've set it up and they've shown that Jackie Chan doesn't know that this one-way mirror is a one-way mirror. Yes. So I love that he's walking by carrying stuff after, I believe it's his uncle's fiance says that he looks so muscular and she wished that. The uncle looked that good, and Jackie said, oh, yes. oh, yeah? And he's walking around all strutting, and he stops and flexes in the mirror. That part's great. Which yeah, is, and then, then it, leads to him discovering that it is a one-way mirror. And then he realizes that the chick saw, and she makes fun of him. Ah! Great stuff. I couldn't figure out where the love interest is, was going to be coming from yeah. throughout this movie until it uh-huh. kind of got there. But even then, it's really not there. Um, just because... All these movies need to have some love interest, right? But right from the get-go, he, like, is flirting with the girl that works there. And then the girl that's buying the place is watching him and, like, giggling to herself. I was like, man, this is all over the place. Where is he going to? Oh, I see it. I I see where uh, it is. I think Jackie Chan's just a man whore. I mean, it's possible. the, The uncle also does think he's got a girl in there. And, And you know what? That is okay. That is okay. There was a scene in this movie that I really appreciated. We find out later that Nancy, uh, who's the little handicapped boy's older sister, who's running around with this awful gang, uh, is actually a dancer in a club. And he goes, why do you work here? And she says, it pays really well. And he goes, okay. And fucking drops it. Yeah. He doesn't have to be some white knight. Just accept that that's what some people like to do. And I love that he is, she's dancing there and smiling, and he's there like super straight laced, and he's just having a good time too and smiling. It's, yes. Like, it's great. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yep. I also love that huge, huge uh, forgiving heart on Jackie Chan because this lady is literally there yes. when they fucking almost murder him. A by, couple of times. A couple of times, man. I do Isn't love. Isn't she? Uh, isn't she the one on the motorcycle that he thwarts from hitting the car? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's why she's pissed at him. And then she also sets him up to make him think that he's going to rescue her when mm-hmm. he should absolutely rescue her when he thinks she's been 
kidnapped down an alley by three guys, and then that's when like, they they yeah. hit the bottles at him. Actually, okay, rewind a little bit further. So the the places because this makes no sense. The yeah. place is being sold, right? It yes. sells, and then he's there helping the new lady. Yeah, do you know run the place? Blah blah blah. He's still you know sticking around for a while, and you got a couple of thugs that come in and start robbing the place. This is, of course, after the night previous when there are just these rival street gangs racing motorcycles up and down the street, crushing cars. Because I don't know why that happened. Um, that oh was yeah, but the uncle had gotten that that fancy car. That's right. Yes. Yep, he had gotten the fancy car from Stephen Lowe or whatever his name was, and he's like, listen, nothing can happen to this. His uncle's the soundest sleeper in the world. Didn't hear these motorcycles crushing cars outside. But Jackie Chan stops these guys, and he recognizes a couple of them in the store the next day, robbing the place, causing some trouble. And in classic Jackie Chan, there's a fight scene that ensues that kicks all sorts of ass. Oh, man. So good. And for the next 40 minutes, he has a feud with this scrubby little New York City Bronx gang. Street gang, yeah. That is super underwhelming, but leads to him getting jumped by her leading him into being jumped and finding out that she's the handicapped kid's sister and forgiving her like you just said. And, uh, and I uh, love that he does here, it for for Danny. It was great. Uh, yeah. Because Danny's just telling him all the nice things about his sister. And then she comes out and she's crying because she wants to give Danny a better life. And immediately he's like, no, no, hush. It's okay. Don't worry. And yeah. He's like, it's all water under the bridge because he likes Danny. And he, uh, I don't know. I guess he sees the good in her because that's the type of guy Jackie Chan is. Sometimes you just get hung up with the wrong crew. And, well, sometimes people feel like they can save other people, I guess. This is immediately after when this scene that you're referencing, her coming out crying, is immediately after Jackie witnesses um, there's this deal going down. There's diamonds. It's so fucking out of left field dude it was 33 minutes into the movie <laughs> yeah. when this car pulls here's up new characters <laughs> yeah here's a completely new story in this movie <laughs> this car shows up they have diamonds this other limo is there they have a Cash. lot of money seven million dollars as jackie chan would say later um and that all that deal goes awry and one of the gang members ends up with the diamonds, those guys in the limo, big, built, brick house, shit, brick, shit house looking dudes. Mm-hmm. The FBI Dressed agents. like the FBI are chasing him through this place, and the guy hides the diamonds in Danny's uh, seat, wheel, wheelchair seat. Mm-hmm. His, uh, which his cushion. Jackie Chan grabs. Yeah, his cushion, and Jackie Chan grabs the wheelchair and the cushion because... That was uh, lost in a shuffle that went over. Danny fell, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So now Jackie Chan in Danny and Nancy's apartment has these diamonds. And doesn't even know it. I'm going to need you to take it over for a few. Yeah. So uh, Jackie Chan, of course, like we were saying, what had happened was the the guys running through the apartment building where Jackie Chan was staying – Jackie Chan heard them as he and Danny were trying to leave, and so he he snuck Danny back, and uh, that's when the dude fell over the wheelchair, hid the diamonds, <clears throat> kept running away, and for some reason, oh, the FBI agents don't kill him. By the way, we're saying FBI agents in air quotes every time, because surprise, these guys are not FBI agents. No, they're real bad boys. They are the, the baddest of boys who are also those types of Criminals that don't... Well, they do actually kill somebody. I gotta give them credit. And by God, do they kill the shit out of that guy. <laughs> Yo, if if you're gonna kill somebody, they did it in, like, possibly the most grotesque way that you can kill somebody. Um, But before... I wanted to talk about... uh, Of course, we just kind of said Jackie Chan is in a fight scene. And the whole reason we're talking about this movie, Sean, is these fucking Jackie Chan fight scenes. And this first one in the supermarket yeah. is setting a fantastic, like sort of pace for what we're going to get for the rest of the movie. Because 
until we get to uh, the outlandishness of the hovercraft, everything in this movie is for, especially Jackie, is pretty. It's grounded. Plausible. It's ground. It's brutal, but it's grounded, and it's just slick. Yep. Uh, I love that he beats up everybody. He beats up like what four dudes with his jacket. Uh yes, in the bodega. L- legit, just he, dude. It was such a cool fight sequence. Like a guy behind him, you know, and he grabs his jacket and rips it. He rips it over his head to grab the dude's arms and starts headbutting. I'm like, that is so. Every everything that happens in these fights are absolutely things that could happen in a fight. It's not, you know, if you study any sort of that thing, as he clearly does, as the opening scene of this movie is him beating up a wooden dummy that <laughs> the his wooden dad training gave dummy. his uncle. I love and those. that was such a badass scene. And it's just like him just practicing. Yeah. And just like nonchalant, like setting the whole, oh, this guy fucks. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> this, oh, guy this guy fucks. This guy fucks. Yeah, and Jackie Chan absolutely fucks. And I think I love I love fight scenes. <clears throat> I love kung fu movies. But man, for real, like I I've always loved Jackie Chan movies, especially for number one, like they they just feel grounded and real. And a lot of that we'll talk about. There's a little trick that uh, the guy that he starts using for his cinematography uses, and they they call this the Jackie Chan move. Uh, but before mm. that, I just want to talk, like, the thing that I love about it is that while they're super choreographed, a Jackie Chan fight scene doesn't feel choreographed. It constantly feels like things are happening and, like, he's adapting as you would in a fight because nothing ever goes right. And I love that he's constantly getting hit and just still rolling with it. Like, because yeah. nobody is perfect. And you're going to get fucking hit if you're in a fight. It's bullshit if you don't, you know? Like... Neo you from know, the Matrix, it, this shit gets boring, and I love the Matrix, but like, because he's, you know, what are you going to do to that guy? Hey, Phil, put your, you know, plug your ears real quick. Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, those fights feel choreographed. Yeah. It's yeah, very, yeah. it's very staged. It's very, um, you know, and you're here for that. That is what you're watching for that. But here, these fights just feel so real Mm -hmm. so real like there is another scene where he's fighting in the bar and like the kind of things that you would expect somebody to do like drop down and kick someone's knees so they fall on their face on a billiard table you know just the little touches that you never see someone do in other movies he absolutely does like the ways that you would kick a leg out to one way to get somebody to lean just to cup him in the in the side of the head because you got him to lean that way like yeah the attention to detail in that, to put that into a fight scene, oh, it's wonderful. And, and it, there's not really anybody else who can match it. Not not to that level, to uh, get to the hectic level. And that's another thing I love. And you see this huge in the warehouse fight scene where, like, it's literally Jackie Chan at a warehouse of, like, 20, 20, 30 dudes that are chasing him and trying to beat him up. And all the, he's really, he's not even trying to fight. He's trying to get the fuck away. And so yeah. everything is like defensive moves and he's like throwing stuff in front of him. Dude, this, that whole scene with like all the fridges when like, mm-hmm. he like, he puts, he throws the fucking freezer door into one dude's face and then ducks down and hits him in the stomach. And then one dude hits him into one and it falls over. So he rolls over on it when they hit the bat and he pulls it up. Kicks back over, kicks a dude in it, sits down on it, slams it shut. Ah, just this beautiful. Ah, I love. You can tell that like he is setting things up, but like it doesn't feel like four guys were writing this down. It's like, oh, I'm on the fly, but I just it's hard to describe how natural they look. Another scene in particular, because that one stood out to you also in this bar fight. He's got a guy, you know, they're just demolishing pinball tables, right? And mm-hmm. he gets behind one of them, and a guy tries pushing it into him and pinning him against the wall. But he does something that if you have a brain and, you know, you can think on your feet and you're used to combat, that you would anticipate yourself doing, which is slink down and slide underneath the pinball machine mm-hmm. and lay there and, and roll out. What you I lo- just don't see that in movies, and that is such a brilliant defensive maneuver. It, it stood out to me, and I was like, that's 
just so needed in a movie like this. I love too. Not only do they like they do that, but when he falls down, he doesn't just get to get away. It's like a real fight and real dudes trying to beat him up. There's like two dudes there with baseball bats that are swinging at him. Yeah. And he's like dodging in between the pinball legs before he can counterattack and get out. It's just, it's those beautiful little touches that add like realism to these fight scenes. And he's outnumbered and he yeah. can't just sit there and beat up 20 guys at once. That's not plausible. And, and fights, so they don't make it seem plausible. Yeah. And uh, Jackie Chan talks like fights don't happen to where it's just a circle of dudes waiting their turn to beat up one guy. If it was that way, they're just going to swarm you. And that's that's the entire feeling you have for this whole like warehouse fight scene is just it's a swarm of dudes that they just want to get their hands on him. It's not like oh, they were God. standing around waiting for their turn to go for it. everybody is trying to get him. And the only reason another dude is there is because he's knocked this dude this way so that, ah. Dude, this is it's such a weird analogy, but this is so applicable to the situation. Last night, uh, I was laying down in bed. I was feeling like crap. And Sarah's like, you want to play Diablo? I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'll just watch you play some Diablo, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she's sitting there playing and she's in this dungeon and she gets absolutely swarmed. And, like, she's out of potions. There's nothing she can do. I'm like, run. Like, run. As you're running, be setting up your hydras. Let the hydras damage them. Set up a firewall. Run through it. Mm -hmm. Just let them trickle. Like, slowly pick them off. There's no point in fighting 20 guys at once that are overpowering you. Yeah. Run around and pick them off one by one as you can. And it's such a weird thing that I'm sitting here talking about a Jackie Chan movie, and I'm like, well, goddamn, that's exactly what I was saying last night. Yeah. Jackie Chan was just kiting these mobs. That's all he, yes, that's what he was doing. What, probably a pro Diablo player. Uh, what I talked about, uh, what I call the Jackie Chan effect, um, I'll send you this YouTube video, too, because I've watched it. Because somebody I like, watch it. You should, you've watched I said this earlier. Said you. I said this earlier in this episode. You send me a video, I'm not watching it. I'm different from randos that send you <laughs> that's shit. That's true. Uh, so what, what they do in a Jackie Chan choreography fight scene a lot to make it impact you more and feel, you feel the hit more is that like on a lot of like, especially the bigger hits, what they'll do is they do the, they, they've, they've got the wide angle. They do it fine. The, the hit happens. And what they'll do is that that hit, they'll film a separate close up of and they'll cut that in right after. So you see the same hit twice, but one is a close-up, so it feels even more impactful. And it's like literally like a couple of frames, and it's just the sound effect. But the way that's why all these fight scenes hit you so differently than other fight scenes you've seen. And it's just those subtle little things where it, it's really making you feel the action. Even though it's going so fast, it helps you really follow what's happening and what's super important. That is a brilliant, that's a brilliant way of doing that. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, especially if they cut up to a close-up, you don't feel like you're missing anything because it's nope. like, okay, there is a second, you know, superimposed papa of the same thing. And from there it flows forward. That is a great technique. And what, like I'm saying, it's so subtle. You don't notice it until it gets pointed out to you. I really had never, you see it, but you don't see it. That's what is great about it. It's on a subconscious level, how it impacts you. And I don't know, it's, you see it in this movie, you see it in all the good Jackie Chan fights. And God damn, that pinball fight, what, I guess I hadn't seen this movie forever. My one big disappointment is that there are not as many fight scenes in this as I thought. There are not, a, there's only three or four mm -hmm. like actual fight scenes in this movie. There's two or three shootouts, a mm -hmm. lot of threatening moments, yep. but in terms of fights, three there's, total there's actual the, fights. The gang fight in the supermarket, yep. the sort of fight when he rescues the girl, but that quickly gets into him being caught. And then it was only about. 15 seconds yeah and then there's the big warehouse fight scene and then there's some individual fights with some of the fbi agent agents at the end but most of those guys have guns so a lot of it is jackie chan just dodging gunfire yeah so, so again two i guess because the bar the one that i say the bar is the mm -hmm. warehouse one that you're yeah. referring to we just yeah it's the same thing things um yeah. 
And that, that was really my only big disappointment with this. But with those two big fight scenes, holy fuck, they cram a lot into them. Like, dude, yeah. the whole shopping cart, like, dance, like, jump through is such a cool... Oh, that was so sick, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, who thinks of that? Like, you see that, mm-hmm. and you're blown away to the fact that, how have you never seen that done before? And it just seems so obvious and so there, but nobody does it. And this is absolutely the same scene that I also thought was a different Jackie Chan movie. Because I thought this had the ladder fight scene. That is totally not this movie. No, that's not this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, what is that? Who am I? I Have think that's that? Operation. That I think that's either Operation Condor or the one uh, Cop. Super Cop. I think it's Super Cop, to be honest with you. Which super is Cop? Also a super awesome Jackie Chan movie. Word. We'll have to add these to the list. Yeah. Because a lot of fun. Jackie Chan um, movies are always fun, man. I uh, I talked about my favorite one on here once before, but we might circle back to it. But Legend of the Drunken Master is my favorite Jackie Chan movie ever. I don't think I've seen that one. It's, Maybe. It's a really fucking awesome one. Um, but then, of course, uh, as we said, uh, for some reason, these guys get on a hovercraft. The, uh, Jackie Chan gets involved with the cops. They do a, a sting for the diamonds it becomes it's stupid bullshit. There's this giant crime boss called the White Tiger, uh, who is the big bad of the movie, who is also at some amateur slash professional golf tournament during the Dude, happenings of this know. end movie. Uh, so Jackie Chan is fighting all of his thugs on the um what what are the the hovercraft as it zooms around New York City, which is actually Vancouver. <laughs> In case that okay, wasn't same obvious. Thing, right? uh, they do that a lot, by the way. Vancouver stands in for New York City all the time. A million times cheaper to film there. Super, super cheaper. Um, super yeah. cheaper. Super right. cheaper. So Jackie Chan uh, is fighting these dudes. It goes kind of a coolish scene where they're going just rampaging through a city while also fighting on it. Um, but you've got uh, Hank Hill, FBI agent, just in the front, just consistently threatening the driver who's just like no turn it around and the driver's just like okay (laughs) dude it was like they shot i think i think they shot the same window out like six times (laughs) trying to shoot jackie chan like Like, jackie would appear at the same window and they would just blow it up (laughs) i'm convinced i'm not gonna go back and watch it but i'm gonna headcanon it that it was like that thing from piranha where the piranha attack was just the same shot used over and over again. Yeah. And so this was the same shot of that just kept being used. There was definitely, um, I specifically remember like one of the times I was like, did they just reuse the same shot? I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. One of those definitely was almost shot for shot. So I also believe that they probably wanted to use a tank. But also, at the same time, what they also wanted to do was have Jackie Chan um, barefoot uh, water ski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He does do that, too. Behind a hovercraft, and you can't really do that behind a tank. But I will say, this rampage through Vancouver would have been a lot cooler on a tank. Yeah. I don't think he could have samurai sword Ferrari to a tank's treads. So who really won here? I wondered if it had something to do, and I'm going to look this up right now real quick, because they were the same year. It's hard to say, because GoldenEye also came out in 95, and GoldenEye had that massive tank chase scene through the city blocks of Moscow. And I wonder if they did maybe change it up based partially on that. Maybe. I, I would like to believe that this movie wasn't trying to escape being like any other movie. In, in fact, I would say that this movie could have benefited from riding some coattails. Eh, probably. It it could have done a lot. It was, again, I, uh, I didn't, maybe I did mix it up. I thought this movie had other scenes in it. I forgot that it was really only the two big fight scenes. There is the cool chase in the parking garage, 
when they're they're chasing him all around. I did forget all about that because it's a fight slash chase. Until now. Yeah. There's the funny but scene that was with like the straight defensive. Truck. Yeah. He also jumps the building, which at that time in ninety ninety five was probably pretty sweet, but through yeah. John through- Wick did it better. <laughs> I did like that uh Jackie Chan broke his foot when he jumped on the... Uh, you, you see all this in the bloopers. Did you watch the bloopers at the end? Nope. And the credits? Ah, oh, that's one of my favorite parts about Jackie Chan movies. But uh, I hope. When, when he's on the bridge and he jumps onto the hovercraft, when he did that jump, he like actually broke his foot in real life. But Really? Yeah, dude. But if you watch the bloopers... From that concrete, like... Um, yep, the just, bridge base underneath because he just landed awkward and you can see it. they used wow. the same cut because they had to use that cut in the film because he broke his fucking foot shake but, it off bitch what, what that dude and I wish you would have watched the bloopers because it's literally what he does he has a fucking broke foot and he has it in a cast and the, you see him a couple times he slips on this like sock over the cast that's painted to look like his other shoe so that like and what? it's so obviously not, and it, it doesn't look right when you look at it, but they, they there's a lot of scenes in the movie where, like, he has a broke foot, and you see him, like, sort of stumbling, and that's why. Now that you said that, I want to believe that uh, they actually increased their budget by, for this movie by, like, $400,000, because they're like, well, shit, he can't run at the hovercraft with the sword anymore. What can we do? <laughs> so they got a Ferrari. They got that Ferrari. Man. All right. That was a sexy car. Let's talk about that scene real quick because I think we're yeah. we're headed towards the end here. Explain this this Ferrari scene here, Shawnee. Uh, okay, so there's this random ass dude driving around. Like this whole movie is nothing but bum cars everywhere. <laughs> Straight up bum cars, <laughs> except for that car that his uncle got at the beginning, and even that looks like shit. It looks like something from 1940, like four old ass Rolls Royce bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that, man. This is 1995. Give me the good good. So anyways, this hovercraft is just rampaging through Vancouver, York City. And uh, this Ferrari comes around the corner, just zipping this dude and this girl just macking it like awesome. This hovercraft has just like interrupted the street festival with a punk rock band. And they <laughs> oh, yeah, the beach. band. That band is and awesome. It went through a beach where Jackie Chan saved a child and then absolutely yeeted this child into its mother's arms from like 10 feet away. That was hilarious. It was like that scene in Point Break where he drop kicks the dog. So funny. Both of them very funny. Anyways, the hovercraft <laughs> runs over the Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> Just over the top. Only, only real damage is some scuff paint and the spoiler is gone. So Jackie Chan sees this hovercraft just causing wanton destruction, and he sees for some reason an antique store with this insane, like, think of Sekiro, but, like, what a demon in Sekiro would carry as a sword. Mm -hmm. So he sees that in the display, runs and steals that, steals the Ferrari, puts up both doors, backs into a semi, knocks off the doors, and just drives full, full bore at this hovercraft with the sword hanging out the door and at the last second jerks the wheel to the side and just slashes it right down the side like in a movie where a beast gets sliced down the stomach and its intestines go everywhere. Exact same thing, but the side of this hovercraft, which immediately gets stuck ta- taped back together in about three seconds. <laughs> they stopped the rampage reason. long enough. And that's yeah. the ending is the most absurd and hilarious and ridiculous thing. For some reason, they tape the hovercraft right back up, and then they let Jackie Chan drive it to confront yeah. White Tiger. And they run over White Tiger, who yes. then proceeds to lose his pants uh-huh. and, and his we shirt. see his ass, and yeah. he's been humiliated because showing your bare bottom is the most humiliating thing for a crime boss. Mm-hmm. The most humiliating fan uh, thing to happen to anybody who's not JCVD. <laughs> That's true. He has that contract clause. We'll find that out soon enough. Absolutely. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Shiny Boy, you want to rate this bad boy? I'm ready. You ready? All right, you go first because I don't have my rating system yet. I got to think on it for a sec. Sweet. Kyle. Uh huh. You stole a bunch of diamonds, right? Oh, you're, yeah. You're kind sure. of the scumbag of your scumbag group. 
Um, I am. You weren't there in the warehouse when Jackie Chan gave his little speech in Cantonese saying that next time we meet, you know, I hope it's over some tea because, mm-hmm. you know, he's a I love that's, that's all it guy. took for the gang boss to be like, really? All right, cool. We're Is gross. that what he really said? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you stole these diamonds. You're a scumbag. Uh-huh. You get all two true. other people kidnapped, mm-hmm. right? While uh, y- your boss is tearing down this, uh, while your boss is tearing down this little grocery store, you get two guys kidnapped. Okay, there's a wood chipper. Sure, and you take one of these guys. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know how you stole these, and okay, you're sitting there, you stole the diamonds, you're watching somebody get tossed into a wood chipper. Yeah, on a scale of one to three hundred body parts that come flying out of that wood chipper. Sure. No, no, I take it back. On a scale of one to seven plastic trash bags, how many trash bags are you filling with that guy's body parts? Okay, I like this scale a lot. See, that evolved as I was saying uh-huh. it, and I really like that. Okay. Um, One out of seven. This is going to skew the rankings by a bit, I feel, but... One out of how many? Uh, okay, so you had very small bags. You yeah. have uh, twelve bags. No, oh, no, the seven worked. I, I had, my, I had my ratio. I think. Um, okay, I think I'm going to give it four and a half bags out of seven. Out of seven, yeah. Okay, out cool. of seven. Uh, it's by no means a perfect movie. Uh, there's a lot of flaws in it. A lot of those flaws, I think, they'll add to the charm. This. Easily verges almost into bad movie territory. Like, what saves it is, of course, the fantastically choreographed fight scenes, which is the real bread and butter of any Jackie Chan kung fu flick you're going to watch. That's why you're watching it. So, uh, I have to skew it pretty high for that. Actually, I'll give it a 5 out of 7 for that. Jackie Chan fight scene's worth it all the way. Uh, It is silly. It's absurd. It's not my favorite, and it is a different-esque one than what I thought, which is fine, because that just means I get to watch other Jackie Chan fight scenes until I find the ones I wanted to watch, which I'll do on YouTube later anyways, so. Yeah. Five out of seven. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty gnarly, pretty solid score. Also, huge, huge, huge props to being the tightest 90 minutes of all time. Probably could have done yes. 80 minutes, but they wouldn't have had feature film. <laughs> that was a release relief to me. Yeah, and again, uh, also, you, you mentioned the seven minutes of credits and uh, what we were hinting at earlier. The all of this hovercraft shit is massive padding at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely did not need to be a thing. It could have been considerably shorter, mm-hmm. but they had to pad it out. So there yeah. we go. Shiny boy. Yo. Let's say when you're not sick, like you are right now, that you are, in fact, a kung fu master. But you cross paths with this wrong, tough-talking New York street gang, and they've got you cornered in an alley. Okay? On a scale of 1 to 100 bottles, how many bottles are these guys swinging at you down this alley? With... One to 100? With 100 actually being the better score. <laughs> so the more bottles um, they hit at you, the yeah, better. Yeah, beat the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, I, I'm actually going to do something a little weird here. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I'm having a very hard time different. I need to break this down two different ways. First, this movie in general, I'm going to give like 40 bottles. <laughs> Total. Like, this was not a good movie. It wasn't great. Like, it was fun. It wasn't one of those, like, I hate that I'm sitting here watching it. Yeah, but. But the movie wasn't great. But what does, but what does, again, it felt like a made-for-TV movie Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And those just aren't going to have the higher Sean's really loving this at the time of watching it. Thanks, right? But the fight scenes really help elevate this as they really do feel realistic and fun and wild. And they are a blast to watch, in which case I will give those a solid 80 out of 100. 
I enjoyed the heck out of those. I'm only, you know, you can only take away points because there's hardly any fighting scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool 93 minutes or however long it is, but only like six minutes of that is even really <laughs> any action in this action movie. Yeah. So the, it is really hard to justify a high score for this when yeah. I went in expecting something different. It's it's a concentrated and high potency action, but it's in and out. It's a flash in the pan. Um, yeah. But if if you say forty and eighty, that would average out to a sixty. Yeah. So which I think is about where you yeah. were at on your four and a half out of seven. I think so. That's that's those both sound it's just about in the you, Bart Park. So, so I. I cannot fault you for that. Like I said, I think it's a good good appetizer for our action movie month part duh. I think we're part duh. We we've tasted I'm glad we came down to that. We've tasted a little bit and now we're ready for the next course in this month, Shawnee, which is provided by head chef Sean. Yeah, that's gonna be coming from me. Kyle, I'm bringing to the table the Warriors. It's the uh, 19 19- Warriors. Yeah, 1979 flick that I feel like everybody in this world has seen besides me, but that's kind of apropos. You know, it's the case for everything, Mm -hmm. every movie out there. It's like, oh, everybody's seen this. I'm very excited to watch it. Um, Yeah, so that's what we're going to be bringing. Uh, Listeners, I do want to thank everybody for listening. I do want to do a quick shout out real quick for our socials. You can find us on uh, on Facebook, on Experience Grind. Type it in. It's the one with the gear. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you had put up something yesterday asking what, you know, listeners' favorite Jackie Chan fighting scenes are. And we did have, you know, a bunch of likes on it, but only one person commented. And Fair that was Michael Allen May, which is the latter sequence in First Strike. Yeah, That's the movie that it's in. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you brought that up and I hopped onto Facebook to see what the response is. So, Mike Allen May, thank you so much for uh, putting that there. I think Appreciate everybody it. likes that ladder fight scene. It is one of the classic Jackie Chan ones, and I do want to go watch it when we're done recording. And I encourage all the listeners to also go YouTube the ladder fight scene and watch that. Heck yeah. Uh, Kyle, is there anything else that you want to tell these listeners or have them do or... I don't know. Brain fog. Actually, yeah. Uh, you can go... Bronx yourself.